Welcome to the Texas Wine Lover Podcast. This is episode number nine, where Jeremy talks to Marta Lastowska from Hack Vineyards and Winery. Hello, everybody. Jeremy Wilson with the Texas Wine Lover Podcast today. Uh, we're sitting down here um, at the Battle of the Texas Tempranillos. And I had a few minutes uh, with uh, Marta Listowska. She is the winemaker at Hack Winery down in Santa Fe, Texas. Uh, Marta, thank you for spending a few minutes with us. Oh, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. It was a great experience. Yeah, and we're glad you were a judge today. I hope you had a good time. It's, yes, uh, it was very interesting, very good wines, and very good people. So, yeah, it was a good day. Yeah, a lot of good Tempranillo. <laughs> yes, a lot of good ones, yeah. Uh, so, if you don't mind, uh, just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and uh, what you do down at Hack and... Kind of mm-hmm. what, what's going on right now at the winery. Yeah. Okay, so I came uh, from Spain uh, seven years ago to the States, and I've been working uh, three years for a college in North Carolina developing an enology program. After that, I worked for uh, almost two years in, uh, in New Mexico. I was a lab manager for Southwest Wines, and now I've been uh, a little bit more than two years in with Huck Vineyards and Winery. Uh, I did all my studies, my degree, and my master's in enology and viticulture in uh, Spain. And in Hack, I'm the winemaker, and uh, I also take care of the three acres of uh, vineyards of Blanc du Bois that we have over there. And uh, this has been my, the last harvest has been my third harvest. And, and I love my job, I love the Hack family, and uh, I was actually looking for um for a position like this in a, in a small winery that I can take care of everything of a little bit, a little bit of the vineyard, a little bit of the production, also even a little bit of the public events and marketing. So it's very challenging um, and it's a big surprise that Tempranillo is actually, uh, well that's what it's supposed to be like the Texas new variety or so. I didn't expect that before I, I came to, to Texas, so I'm, I'm excited about that. Yeah, it kind of brings a little of your roots from home. Exactly, you know? exactly. Because <laughs> obviously, and, you know, Riojas, it's Tempranillo and you know, yeah, Garnacho. Yeah, Rioja, but... Rivera del Duero, and of course, they are different here because of the different soils, but the fact that it's growing so so good and it's very popular and people love it, uh, it's it's fantastic. It's very, very like challenging to try to make the best Tempranillo that you can. And it keeps you going and motivated to, yes. to make better and better wines. Exactly. And then when I go back to Spain uh, with a bottle of Texas Tempranillo, they all want to taste it. And they are like, we have no idea they even make wine in Texas and they make Tempranillo. <laughs> but that's exciting. Yeah, because nobody, there are even people in Texas that don't know we make wine in yeah, Texas. Exactly. Much less, you know, internationally. But Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so what would you, if you had to pick a few things that were similar or different, you know, from Spanish winemaking to Texas, especially with Tempranillo, um, I know a lot of people compare Texas to Rioja with the hot temperatures, and um, what do you say is comparative or different? Yeah. I, will, I find uh, many similarities between, the, for example, the hill country to the Rioja Baja. The hot temperatures and the wines are uh, kind of like soft, uh, not as much acidic as in other parts of, of Spain. Uh, but still a lot of red fruit and, and gentle, uh, easy to drink. Um, and maybe the um, the Tempranillo from the High Plains, they may be a little bit more similar to Rioja Alta because of the um, more uh, difference between the night and day temperatures. Maybe they are a little bit more high in acidity. Okay. Uh, 
but uh, that's the similarities I, I find between Spain and, and Texas. And of, but Spain is not as, in general, we don't have as hot temperatures as in Texas. And the humidity is a little bit lower. I would, I would say it's maybe a little bit more similar to the high plains. Okay. Yeah. And in, in a lot of parts of Rioja, there's no irrigation allowed, right? Yeah, no. We have uh, a lot of um, regulations for grape growing and winemaking, and a lot of the um, appellations, they don't allow uh, irrigation, but we don't need it. And also, um, the grape growers over there, they try to, to produce actually less uh, tons per acre to... Um, improve the quality, okay, which so is something that I wish in Texas, maybe with time, uh, now because we need the grapes and there's no many grape growers, but maybe with time we'll get to that point that that we don't grow more than three, four tons per acre. Keep the low yield and yeah. big concentrated fruit yeah, and exactly. everything. Yeah. yeah, Hopefully we'll get there. I know there's yeah, I there's a big shortage will. in Texas grapes, but we'll... Yeah, I know, I know, and the weather, and but it it's just like every other, like California, like Spain. We've, I mean, Spain, they have been making wine for so many years. It would take time. It just it would take time and education and experience. But Texas will get there yeah. after this. After tasting these wines, I know, I know it will. Yeah, I, w I was impressed with yeah. many of the mm -hmm. wines, mm -hmm. and we had twenty-eight we tasted today, and it was yeah. several of them are stellar. Um, and so many tempranillos, actually, I didn't even know that there were so many 100% Texas Tempranillos. Yeah, mm. and that 28 was not, uh, that was just, Probably not, that not was a bulk, yeah. yeah. I think it was a good portion, but yeah, there's yeah. more Tempranillo out there, which is amazing. Uh, it's a good thing for Texas. Um, what, what other varieties would you say you think will do well in the state, and what would you like to work with besides Tempranillo if you had the grapes, if you're mm -hmm. able to get your hands on some? Uh, from what I'm uh, uh, hearing from other grape growers and winemakers from Texas and and wines I've tasted, I think the Mediterranean Italian varieties that are uh, really resistant to hot temperatures, uh, they will do really good. Uh, some uh, Portuguese varieties like uh, Toriga Nacional, Tinta Sao, Tinta Madeira, I've heard that they grow really great in the hill country for example and uh, in the high plains uh, they have the great um, trebianos vermentinos for for whites which there's also some varieties that probably most of the people haven't heard of um, they have also some uh, italian varieties like uh, glianico or montepulciano uh, like i said those are varieties that maybe people that not, are not into the wine in the wine business they haven't heard about them before but so it would take a lot of marketing and time to get people to know those varieties <clears throat> but i think it's going to be a a great thing to for uh, texas to have their own varieties even if it's not cab merlot or the one that the ones that everybody knows but it's going to be like a challenging and something different original uh, something that texas can be unique for have its own varieties that don't have to be necessarily Merlot or Pinot Noir. Yeah, I agree. It's, yeah. It'll be nice to have a sense of place mm -hmm. as well. You know, you can 
taste something that comes from the hill country versus high plains. Mm -hmm. I think that's already happened, but when we get more identity to Texas, that's going to be a really cool day. Oh, yeah. People can identify blindly, oh, this is a Texas wine because this is, you know. Oh, when we have, uh, like, more growers in different kind of soils and maybe in the same high plains, we can maybe have a lot of different tempranillos, the same as La Rioja. Yeah, different different uh, small region, but we can taste so different uh, tempranillos. Like here, they were like very tannic and structured tempranillos, and then there were other ones that they were like more soft and more towards the the fruit and less tannin. So yeah, it's it's very fun. Yeah, it's it's a a great place to to be. Yes. Um, How is uh, anything? you want to say about Hack Winery right now? Any new releases coming out or exciting things happen at the winery right now? Well, uh, as, as probably a lot of people know, we are we are known uh, for our Madeira, our dessert wine that uh, it's been uh, made, like uh, its initial production is like a port, but then it's been heated in, a, in an oven that we call a stufa from the Portuguese term. And it's been, we hit the barrels uh, at 105 Fahrenheit for six months. So the sugar gets caramelized. And so now we release like a small bottle of it. It's a 375 milliliters and it's called Thomas Jefferson series because it was one of Thomas Jefferson's favorite wine. And actually the Declaration of Independence, they toasted with Madeira. So that's the new release we have right now. And... uh, and well, we still have events on the weekends. We're going to have the Wicked uh, Wine Run on the 10th, uh, 6th of uh, December, yes. Then on January 10th, we'll have our uh, pruning seminar with uh, the state viticulturist, Justin Shiner. I, I always forget his, his last name. Uh, but it's very interesting also to come because he he's really good at, at giving seminars about viticulture and pruning. And uh, and yes, we we have now a uh, a lot of bottling to do before Christmas is here, and uh, be- uh, we just got new barrels. I'm gonna put some Cabernet in barrels. Uh, still working on the uh, 2014 wines, uh, Malbec, uh, Tempranillo. Uh, still making the Blanc du Bois, trying to to get people to know Blanc du Bois better. So it's a nice hybrid, but uh, not a lot of people know it because mm-hmm. of the name. But it makes great wines, very similar to maybe uh, between Riesling and Sauvignon Blanc, something like that. And you grow that on the estate property, obviously. We have three acres, and we do uh, an estate in Blanc du Bois from those three acres. And then the rest, we buy them from uh, Austin County and, and other little uh, vineyards uh, west of Houston. Okay. And then our um, Malbec, Cabernet, Merlot, and Tempranillo, uh, we buy them from uh, Brady Vineyards in, in Brownfield High Plains. And a great, great vineyard to buy from, too. VJ yes. Brady. Yes, yes. Great family. And yeah. They grow some good fruit. Yes, very good. Well, cool. Well, thank you for hanging out. I think we're going to wrap it up now. Um, I appreciate you taking the time to talk with us. And... Thank you. Thanks to you. Yeah. And good... Thanks for having me here. Most definitely, yeah. Thanks for coming and judging. Yes. Uh, I think that about wraps it up. So uh, until next time, guys, cheers. Thanks for listening to the Texas Wine Lover Podcast. If you would like to read the show notes and see the photos included in a larger size, check out the blog post at texaswinelover.com. 
Be sure to check out our archive section on the website for previous podcasts. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash TXWineLover. Plus, we are also on Twitter. Please subscribe to the podcast either on iTunes or Stitcher. And if you like the show, please leave a review on iTunes. Join us next time for another episode of the Texas Wine Lover Podcast. Podcast.